As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, friends. You're tuned into episode 88 of Gamer Heroes, the weekly show where we talk about news, reviews, and anything else happening in games today. My name's Cam Koenig. With me, as always, is my boy, Thomas Egan. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Cam, how, I, man, I'm good. Cam, how the heck are you? Uh, tired, but you know, what else is new? It's truth. Yeah. Uh, real quick announcements. Uh, we're on Spotify now, in case you guys haven't heard the last 12 times that I've talked about it. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, I'm very proud of you, and you deserve a gold star. Thomas, are you listening to this on Spotify? Absolutely. Great. I'm proud of you. You get a gold star. It, because if you're not, I'm not mad. I'm just really disappointed. Oh. Which I think is worse, honestly. That is worse. Uh, also, we have a cool new show. It's part of the Heroes Podcast Network called Kaiju Curry House. Um, brought, to, brought to you from our friends across the pond over at UK Kaiju. It's all about uh, cool monsters and pop culture and kind of anything around that, which is something near and dear to my heart, which I'm really excited to see where that goes i really did enjoy those first three episodes a whole lot so I'm, uh, i haven't tuned in yet but i grew up on godzilla yeah, so i need they're to to they're pretty fun they are they are a good time uh so definitely be sure to check that out if you can uh do you know what else you can check out thomas the star wars show because there have been a ton of star wars announcements in the past week you're absolutely right there have been um also yes uh challenge mode challenge mode is a cool thing that we also do i don't know if that's what you're gonna say but it's cool uh yes actually it was oh great uh, challenge mode is cool I think it's great. Uh, it's a show that we do that comes out every two weeks. Uh, second episode just went up this past weekend as of this recording, and we'll have one every two weeks for you where we just kind of get into less topical things about video games and anything around that too, which I think is super great and super fun time. Yeah, so my own the, the idea is that we challenge ourselves to bring a topic to the table and enlighten the other two of us. Sure, yeah. I, I think At least that's, that's how really I think fun. about it. Yeah, I mean... 
if I can just sit you guys down and let me ramble at you for about an hour, and then I'm for it. See, that's our challenge, is yeah. to not leave the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, hey, video games are pretty cool. They are. You been playing any? I have. Uh, I had to stop talking off mic because I was getting really excited about Hearthstone. Uh, the new Hearthstone expansion dropped last week, I want to say. Uh, earlier than expected. You, you get packs in-game early mm-hmm. that sit uh, unopenable in your inventory or whatever. Uh, so you always have that one notification thing down there that's always reminding you, hey, yeah, can't open it yet, but soon. Yeah, that's that's a really familiar thing for me. I fell off Hearthstone really hard, but I played it for about two years, like every single day. Mm-hmm. It, it got its hooks in me deep, and then it just like dropped off very suddenly i'm not really sure what happened i don't know if it was i was just playing other stuff but i've, uh, I've heard some I, pretty good stuff about this new expansion it, it's good i mean it's hearthstone so you know if you're not in hearthstone this isn't mm-hmm. going to change your mind right. if you're into it i don't think this will change your mind uh for me it's nice that i can enjoy this game with my buddies who i now used to play apex with i still play they don't really uh but hearthstone's more casual and even though it's totally paid to win it's free to play, and so we play just casually, and I have a lot of fun with that. Um, this, so so for real, if I was just playing by myself, I wouldn't be playing it still. That's why I dropped off last time and mm-hmm. the time before that. Yeah. But now I have regular people to throw screenshots at and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy that, but the new expansion is super cool for me because it's got a lot more RNG stuff, a bunch of randomly generated uh, effects and spells and all sorts of good stuff. And I'm really into that stuff because I'm less into the competitive side of it. I just like the the wild craziness of it, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people do not like. And yeah. that's exactly why they steer clear of Hearthstone um, and, and would stay on something like Magic Gathering instead. But that stuff really draws me in. And uh, it I, I, got two, I got two cards in this expansion. I got two legendaries that are both orient, like they're both around random cards. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, do this thing, and you randomly get blah blah blah, and I am having a ton of fun with those with those uh, with those decks in all the time I've played Hearthstone, which is technically since release, but I set it down for long periods of time, at least a couple times. I mean, I, I went well over a year without playing it a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I have ever made a mage deck. So it's kind of cool. Really? Yeah. That is, I used to like exclusively play Mage because it was like the first one you start with in the tutorial. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to learn anything else. Yeah. So then I just played Mage for like like months. Yeah, Priest was always my jam. Priest is a lot of fun. I had Priest a lot of fun Druid. with Priest. I'm, I, I'm somebody who really enjoys those like very slow, drawn out. Like I want to like stall everything as much yes. as possible. I like those good control decks. So I played a mm-hmm. lot of Warrior. I played a lot of Priest. Um, Mage, I never... Like, Mage, I fell off pretty quickly also, but I thought it was a pretty, like, good entry point for me, like, learning the fundamentals of the game. But I I did really enjoy just, like, being able to just keep everything alive and just build this, like, giant wall of these big, beefy minions to just, like, ruin their day eventually. Yeah, my my Mage deck right now is all random minions. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have... It's not not that good. Like, it's not actually that good of a deck. But I also crafted a couple epics because I had leftover dust from some old stuff. And, uh, like, one of the cards is this raven. Whenever you play a spell, summon a random two-cost minion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that does decent for me. But I have this epic spell that is, like, it's like four mana. And it's uh, summon two 
uh, two random two-cost minions, and it's improved by spell damage. So if you have plus two spell damage, you summon two four-cost minions. Well, today I got the highest bonus to that I've ever gotten. I got two eight-cost minions for four mana. So two huge legendaries <clears throat> immediately went on the field and totally changed the, the flow of battle. Uh, but I really like that stuff. Um, you know, one of them is... It's a cheapish spell. The The new mechanic for this uh, for this expansion is Twin Spell. So you'll have a spell, but you can cast it once, and it's put back into your hand. Ooh, and you can that, use it one more time. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so it makes for all sorts of cool stuff, because when somebody uses it once, you know it's in their hand, which makes you play differently. Sure. Is this applied to every spell, or is it like a key uh, keyword like on a certain card? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, like, so you can't like cast Fireball like 12 times? No. I mean, you can with some well, other cards. But, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, but no, so I've got one. It's twin spell. It's like freeze a minion, and it, uh, you know, if it's already frozen, do deal two damage. Oh, okay. So it's super cool. cheap. So I can freeze it and turn around and damage it with the same spell. Gotcha. Okay, that's uh, kind of neat. I, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. So cool ones. There's like an eight cost one. You know, really expensive one for druid. That's like summon five two two treants with twin spell, so they can put five treants on the field. And you can kill all of them, and he'll just do it again the next turn. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. So it, and so it doesn't have to be in that same turn? It's nope. just Okay, It just puts cool. it back in like your hand. Eight, eight, that doesn't check out. You, you have to do it in the same turn. Uh, but. but there is a legendary that every I think everyone in the game got, that uh, it's, a, it's a legendary whose card text is whenever you cast a spell, or at the end of your turn, cast a spell that you cast this turn. So if you cast, or you know, with a random target. So if you cast a fireball, it'll cast another fireball with a random target. Huh. But if like you're a druid and you have that card, you'll say, hey, I want to beef up all my treants. And then at the end of your turn, it casts that spell again. So now your treants are massive. That sounds really cool. There, I remember, cool. Uh, what was the name of that expansion? Was It the, It was the Old Gods one that they had. Mm-hmm. Yog saron or I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, yep. but like watching just like highlight clips of that card just going down and the then just the stuff. wildest shit would happen was right. kind of one of my most favorite things. Uh, yeah, I, I always really enjoyed Hearthstone because I felt like it was up to a certain point a pretty good balance of just dumb bullshit fun with like, I'm going to do this and then this crazy shit's going to happen, but also like there's a pretty solid a pretty solid like just card game foundation underneath yeah i I think it's a pretty solid game i've always enjoyed playing it i probably am not gonna go back to playing it just because that's just something that i just don't need to do to myself again Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm I'm really glad to see that expansion's doing so well especially i haven't really heard so much of that game since uh ben brode left blizzard yeah uh i mean i don't know what you know of course i'm not on twitter which i feel Mm -hmm. is where a lot of that conversation would be but i'm part of a Facebook group, huge ones. I think it has like 21,000 people in it or something. Uh, I could be wrong in that, but it's called The Inn, the Hearthstone Enthusiast Group. And it, it has like Fan Art Friday, or not Fan Art, but uh, Fan Made Friday. So people come up with their own mechanics, and it's it's fun to see that, but it's also fun when an expansion is announced for somebody to be like, yo, check this out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I basically called this. I made this card, yeah. you know, six months ago. Yeah, that's always fun. Uh, so that stuff's cool. People will post strategies. I'm also in a an offshoot of that, which is for priests. Mm-hmm. The idea is, hey, we're priests. We need to help each other out, figure out how to beat, you know, this hunter meta or blah, blah, blah. Like here are tips and tricks and stuff. I feel like there's always a hunter meta. There's always. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There, it's cool that 
so many decks are they seem so powerful even without really strong cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just makes each game ramp up so fast because uh, I I do like games that you know you stall and then you hang out at like ten mana for a while. Uh, that barely happens this expansion. That's kind of I, a bummer, honestly. Uh, yeah, but like I uh, kind uh, I kind of agree. Because I've always loved that so much, like playing Priest to be like, all right, I just need to survive, and then at the end of the game, I'm going to resurrect all my minions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I'll just have a, a full hand and all the mana I Yeah, I, I did I did watch uh, competitive Hearthstone for a while also, and I also don't know if that scene is still kind of bumping as much as it used to, but there was yeah, a no. time where people were definitely like, all right, this warrior has like 300 health like yeah come the fuck on and then it just turned into just like okay well who had the most health at the once everybody ran out of cards and then you just hit end turn and end turn eventually and right it just ended or like yeah like priests would just throw everything at it and then once you think it's gone they would just revive everything back together again which they, i uh, thought was fun but i absolutely understand why people got very tired of that did you play world of warcraft at all no i didn't all right in, in world of warcraft there was a really funny famous story uh that i think i mentioned on a past episode uh Hakar, Hakar the Soul Flayer was mm-hmm. one of the uh, first raid bosses in the whole game, uh, back when the biggest raid was ten people, and Hakar had an ability, you know, a debuff, a poison that uh, he would put that it would put on the raid, and it does a bunch of damage. You know, these are high at the time, the highest level players in the game. Does a bunch of damage, and then there's a twenty five percent chance that it will spread to nearby ally, or you know, nearby people. Um, every, I don't know, eight seconds or something, something like that. But it was, it's called the Blood Plague. Well, there's a famous thing where somebody was in that raid and they hearthstoned out and they went into a main city and still had the debuff and the debuff spread and it just murdered everybody. They that's had, absolutely, that's hilarious. They tried shutting down that. the servers because they couldn't stop. Holy crap. It. Like, it, would, it spread to NPCs and then it would spread back. And then uh, I wrote a paper about this in high school. Hell yeah. Uh, where... Basically, uh, epidemiologists who study disease and plague, they studied this, this digital plague, because it fleshed out the three different kinds of people that, that show up that you can find in this and actual disasters. You have uh, victims. You have people who, there's nothing they could have done about it. You know, in the zombie apocalypse, there's going to be a lot of victims. Everybody thinks they're going to be a hero, but probably going to be a victim. Sure, sure. You know, sometimes it's just luck. It's that RNG. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they you have all you have victims and so in the game that would have been low levels like you couldn't even go into the city like there were just skeletons everywhere there were the healers the helpers right they were you know warning everybody like stay away from the city or they were running around trying to heal or cure everybody so they had time to run away um, and then there are the people who intentionally spread the plague yeah, yeah so like you could as a hunter or a warlock you had a minion and you could dismiss that minion whenever you wanted. Well, anytime you would resummon it, it would still have the same heals, like buffs, debuffs on it that it had when it went away. So, people, they, Blizzard would be like, oh, we cleared out the server. Everything's safe now. And, and these people would just drop their pet just and just infect everybody again. Oh my God. Uh, so, That's amazing. Dude, it and was also crazy. fucked up. Totally. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. So, that's the thing that happened in the game. It's real famous. Mm-hmm. You can look up uh, information on it. But, uh, they introduced, either in the last expansion or halfway through it, I can't remember, they introduced that card. So Hakar, the Soul Flayer, oh, really? his death rattle, he's like a 9-6, he's very expensive. 
as Death Rattle is shuffle a Blood Plague card into each person's deck. That's really cool. And so, so it's both people. So no matter who cost you know cast it, both of you get it. And so uh, you draw it and you take three damage, and it shuffles two copies back into your deck. So if they just have fewer cards than you, if you can wait out the clock, you're practically guaranteed to win. So because there have been times where I was like, oh, I can't, I can't win this. And then RNG worked in my favor and summoned Hakar, and I happen to have more cards. So I would just find a way to either make the enemy uh, draw more or, or something. I would just stall it out because I knew that even if this warrior has 50 armor, which right. is insane, you know, 30 health is what you start with and you get 50 armor on top of that, I knew that I could beat him if I could just get the plague to kill him instead of me. Um, but that stuff's fun. So I like that they added that card. They made a whole event and game with it that if you defeated somebody who had that card back, uh, you could get the card back. So I forget how it happened. That's I, pretty cool. I think they like only gave it out to really top tier players. And then from there, it like trickled out. That's so. really cool. I'm really into that kind of stuff. Like I, I really like that they're leaning into, they're leaning in so hard to this thing that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is a bug. Like, mm-hmm. that was totally a bug, and they're just like, yeah, fuck it, you know, this is great. Yeah. And it's, like, a cool thing, like, people will probably remember. Like, I think oh, I've heard people, people like, remember. mention that, but I haven't heard the whole story. It's really fucking cool. It's crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, they had to, like, straight up cleanse the servers of, like, all this stuff. It was so hard for Blizzard to clean their own <laughs> game. Because they could, you know, when you had player choice in there, players get finding ways to thwart it, but... Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, so, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying Hearthstone. The... RNG stuff is way up my alley, and I feel like this expansion has more of that than ever before, you know, which is going to turn plenty of people off, but I'm way into it, um, especially when, like, me and my buddies play casually. We really like the tavern brawls where it's like, hey, we made a deck for you. It's all crazy. Those were always it's my random. favorite, too, where I didn't have to, like, all right, well, I have to put some thought into this very dumb thing. I just want mm-hmm. the free card back, you know? Right. So it's nice to have those. So, uh, you know, the random stuff is extra fun. There is a Warlock card. It's like seven mana, so, you, you know, you have to get it in your hand and then play it. Right. And like I said, like, I do not get many very, very many games anymore that actually make it past turn 10. I mean, very few. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which isn't to say that, like, I feel like there are fewer aggro decks where there's just a ton of attacking at the beginning until you're dead. It's like, once things get to, like, turn six, seven, and eight, one of you is just going to snowball so hard and not be able to stop the other. Uh, but it, it makes it really exciting. So uh, I, I don't like the games that are like, oh, there used to be a secret mage, right? This deck was like... Basically- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I remember Secret Paladin, and that's something I never want to go back yeah, to. Yeah, well, Secret Paladin's back, and Great. crazier than ever. It's, well, you it's, have successfully kept me from reinstalling it's Hearthstone. The wor- <laughs> it's the worst. I actually, I got a golden, the the golden legendary for the Secret Paladin deck, and I was like, man, I, I guess I'm going to play this now. Oh, but God, like, I feel bad about it, but I was even telling, I was telling my girlfriend when I was online packs, I was like, man, this Secret deck is, like, these Secret decks are back, and I am upset. <laughs> like, it's, Yeah, those were miserable. <laughs> They're awful because, like, even if you, you know, the idea is, oh, it's a secret. W- which one did they play? Well, when you see enough people play, the when that's same, the only thing you play against, you're gonna, ex- you're gonna absolutely you're gonna know, know what it is. But the problem is, like, at least speaking to back then, it was so hard to play around. Well, it's just so strong anyway. Even if you right. know what it is, totally, it's just like, well, what are you gonna do? Totally, there was a secret mage that would kill you like thirty health to zero on turn four, and if they, if you survived to turn five, you were gonna win the game, but. It, you probably weren't like I. I would certainly lose four out of five games against that secret mage, and I was just like, "Well, I'm not playing ranked anymore," <laughs> you know. Uh, but that's exactly why I stay away from ranked. I really have fun with the casual stuff, and uh, I just get on throughout the week. I'm pretty uh, diligent about completing my quests, mm-hmm. and it also gives me excuses to like try out cards and, and sure. classes I don't usually. Uh, I finally built a paladin deck for the first time during the at the very end of the last expansion. And I was like, oh, I actually kind of like this. I haven't played Paladin in ages. So that's kind of cool, but I was diligent about my quests. So when the expansion came out, I had currency to spend, got a bunch of good stuff. Um, what, what I didn't finish telling you, the mm-hmm. Warlock card. Oh, yes. It, it's battle cry, I think, is replace your hand and your entire deck with all legendary minions. Oh. It's crazy. It's like the cra- one that does the disease? No. Or? Well, I mean, that could be one of them. But, oh, okay, uh, I see what you're saying. It replaces all, all of the cards that you have with random legendary minions, and it feels like a tavern brawl. It feels totally bananas. Uh, a few expansions ago, there was a card, like something Whizbang. That was during the expansion where there were start-of-the-game effects, so it was like a start-of-the-game. Yeah, of the game. I think that was around the time I fell off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I can understand. That was a... I'm glad those cards are circulated out. They just circulated out with this okay, expansion. Cool. Um, yeah, the, those were like a start of the game. If you have all odd cards in your deck, do a thing. Like, upgrade your hero power. Well, Whizbangs is start of the game. Replace your deck with one of Whizbangs' wonderful decks. And I, I've never even seen them, but people say they have tons of fun with them because they're crazy and random and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I might craft that Warlock card just so I have like a Tavern Brawl kind of deck. Sure. To, to throw out my friends. Um, but yeah, so that stuff's cool. Uh, like I said at the start, 
if you're not into Hearthstone, this isn't going to change your mind. Right. But uh, I'm really into it. Uh, when I was trying to think, I was like, before we walked into the into here to record, I was like, what have I been playing? Well, I haven't really been playing that much. And then I thought about like, oh no, I've spent many, many hours over the past weekend playing. I even played in the parking lot before I walked in here. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been playing. Cool, cool. Uh, anything else you've been playing? I know you just said not really, but... Uh, little Apex, a stuff. little yeah. Surge. I think, I think now it's just going to be a regular thing that I'm going to play the Surge at the Wednesday weekly event. Cool. Um, I'm into that. Yeah, because it's nice for me to play that in bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I am excited to get back to it, but I think that if I throw myself at it too many times and continue to fail... Uh, I'll set it down for a long time, and a long time will become forever. Yeah, understand that. So, um, I've been playing some more of the Division Two, um, and there was a kind of a fairly long period of time because I've mostly been playing that game solo, which is not the ideal experience for that game at all. And I didn't want to do matchmaking because I sometimes just hate playing games with strangers, you know. But yeah. uh, I, I found myself starting to fall off that game pretty hard. And then this past weekend, I reached out to. Uh, a couple of other people in the kind of funny community that I'm a big part of. And they uh, they were just like, yeah, we'll hop in, just hop into my game. And we just played around and I had an absolute blast. Like I'm back on board with the Division 2 now, which is great. Nice. Um, yeah, I think the thing that impressed me the most about joining up with his game is he just, uh, one of my friends, uh, Demetrius, he just got to the end game stuff while we were playing. But I'm... When I joined up with him, I was level, like, 11 or 12. So definitely not there, because the level cap is 30. Then you have to do, like, a stronghold and, like, a raid or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the if you hop into a game where somebody is, like, a higher level, it shows you, like, your experience and your level and everything, but it also shows you off to the side. It's like, hey, in this world, you're actually, hey, I know you're a 14 right now, but we've bumped you up to a level 29 for the time being. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so all of your stats and everything are the same that you see, but like behind the scenes, the game is making it look and feel like you're actually still able to contribute to your team. And like the enemies are not just single shotting me and just downing me. So I can't contribute, which is great. That is great. Yeah. So I was hopping in there and playing with a couple of those guys and, uh, all of the loot is entirely instance based. So if somebody opens up a treasure chest and you have like, you're playing with a team of four people, there's like four different instances of loot and it's all balanced to each person's level. And you're the only one who sees it. So if a chest gets opened, you get loot. Everybody gets loot, and it's all like specifically geared towards you, which I think is really cool. And I that think that's cool. what Borderlands is going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really kind of understand what they meant whenever they were talking about that, but now kind of seeing that in practice, I'm definitely really interested in that because that was something that I had some trouble with in those uh, past couple of Borderlands games. But uh, the vision's fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's a lot of depth to it. It very much feels like there's not a whole lot to do until you hit the end game, which is kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But if you hop in with somebody else, like I, ju- I jumped like five or six levels in the two hours that I played with them. And yes. it took me three or four days to get to like level 11 up to that point. And that was like, I'm just playing by myself and just like grinding shit out and just doing a bunch of missions, but just hopping in there, like the experience numbers were buffed up because I was fighting level 30 plus enemies, you know? And right. it was, it was really cool. And I'm, Definitely enjoying it. Definitely actually excited to jump back more into it, which is good because I, I, I started to feel a little bad. I'm like, man, you know, like everybody else is like really hot on this game and I just don't get it. But I, 
totally playing with other people really kind of changed that whole experience for me. And that game, I feel like, is at its best when you don't have to pay attention. Because, like, the story doesn't fucking matter. Like, it's, you are military dude gonna go save DC mm-hmm. from the people that are designated bad guys. Right. You know, it's, it's nothing new. But that game is, it's like a podcast game, as I like to call it. Like, I, I popped that on and just played solo a little bit and, like, caught up on some, like, Giant Bomb videos. You know, like, nice. it's just, it is a good thing to just, like, hang out and just bullshit with your friends, you know? Um and in addition to that, I've also jumped back in really hard to enter the Gungeon. Because uh, they just put out their final farewell update called A Farewell to Arms uh, for that. And it's pretty great. Um, I've been playing that game, I say off and on, but like a whole lot since it came out on the Switch. But even before then, I had it Less on the PS4. Less like off and on and more just often. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> God damn it. Hey. Uh, that game is really cool. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Enter the Gungeon at all. Nope. Okay, great. Uh, have you played The Binding of Isaac? Yes. Okay, it's like that, but with guns. Okay. Is it um, a twin stick? It is twin stick. Um, the controls are a lot tighter than The Binding of Isaac, so I guess if you are listening to this podcast and haven't played either of those, uh, it's essentially a it's a roguelike game to where like it's super tough, you have like limited resources, and it kind of rewards your skill getting better but like there's like only like five or six stages and there's a boss at the end of each of them and they get harder and harder and harder. They're pretty unforgiving, but if you die at any point, you just completely start over with another run. Everything's procedurally generated. Everything's randomized, but it has that same flow. So the deal with the Gungeon, like it has a lot of really neat charm to it. Like everything is gun themed, like literally everything. And like there's a sword in it called Blasphemy because it's not a gun. There's a beehive that you can point at enemies and shoot bees at them because the beehive cool. is nature's gun. It says that in the description. Like <laughs> oh, they good. lean into that stuff really well that I'm really into. Uh, the design of it's really Dude, cool. I, I gotta say, I love when gun uh, when games put in stuff like like you could shoot this beehive or uh, you could shoot locusts in Bioshock and stuff. Right. Man, I can't get enough of that stuff. Oh, it's so good. And in this one, there's a pickup you can get to where your bullets just spawn bees. Like, if you hit somebody with a bullet, then a bee flies out and starts attacking another enemy. Man, that's all right. This game's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, like, all of the bosses are, like, super neat and interesting. Um, they all have, like, cool, different, like, gun-themed or, like, weaponry-themed names and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's called the Gungeon, for Christ's sakes. Right. But, uh, like, the design of it is really cool. It's got this, like, kind of cool, like, almost, like, 16-bit ish like really neat pixel art style that i'm really into like your heart like every single thing on the menu that isn't like a number is like a bullet so like your heart your heart it's like your health it's just like two bullets overlaid on top of each other that are red yeah um you fire blanks which clear all of the bullets on the screen because the game is also a bullet hell so mm-hmm. there's just a ton of shit flying at you constantly and you just have to like learn the patterns and adapt to it um they've added with their all of their updates that they've added which this game is also only 15 dollars in the u.s and also all of the updates have been free like it's so much content that they've been updating since like 2016 when it originally dropped uh they they added like different unlockable characters that you can get so like uh, one of the unlockable characters that you could get i think after the first update or something i don't remember when he actually dropped but is just a bullet you can just be a bullet and he has a sword and his dodge, his dodge roll is he just fires himself at enemies, and it does damage because he's what's, a gun. What's the art style in this game? It's very like pixel art, 
kind of neat cartoonish. I I'll, I'll show it to well, you. I mean, once it's we like take bind, Binding of Isaac, like in that wheelhouse. Kind of, but much less gross. Yeah, that's a very gross game. That's a very gross game, but uh, it's it's very kind of like clean. The environments all look kind of neat. Everything has this like kind of cool visual pop to it that I'm really into. Um, a friend of mine jokingly said whenever they announced this, he tagged me in a thing on Twitter and said, well, I guess Cam's going to play 300 more hours of this game, and he's <laughs> honestly probably fucking right. Right. Uh, so one thing that I've been trying to do lately is unlock the final character that they added in this new update, which I'm not going to get into spoilers of the, like who it is, because it's like there's a plot to it, um, which the plot is also really dumb in a fun way that I will get into after I talk about this, but... Uh, you have to unlock this new character by finding these like cosmic oddities in a floor, uh, interact with it to where you get this like cool effect, and then you have to beat the game with that still in effect. So you have to finish that run, essentially. Mm-hmm. Then you can play as that new character. That new character is, uh, he costs some like in-game currency to use, but uh, his starting weapon a passive item, and I think his secondary weapon are all completely random. So it's just oh. completely randomly generated. So you, if you beat the run with him, if you like go as far as you can and take out like the, quote, secret final boss, then you immediately start a run just right from the get-go. You don't get a chance to say no with the secret final unlockable character that has some other cool abilities. Finish the run with him, then you unlock him. And he had some cool stuff that I won't get into for risk of spoilers, but Great. it's pretty neat and it's hard. It's really hard. That sounds hard. Yeah. but uh, the, I don't uh, know how far I even got in like a game like Binding of Isaac, but mm-hmm. not that far. So like that and those kind of games are just my thing, you know, like I've, I've just spent so much time really kind of digging into like I love that feeling of just like throwing myself at something that is like not super long, but you can eventually like learn to get better or you can get like cooler items or cooler guns like mm-hmm. a ton of the guns and items in this games are just straight up pop culture references yeah like uh did you play down well mm-hmm. uh the gun boots are an item and every time you dodge roll it just shoots bullets out from behind you nice like it's just like fun stuff like that it's a devolver game also oh, man that's all you yeah, needed to yeah, say honestly uh the premise of it is the gungeon is this like mystical like thing where people enter but once they die they just go back to the lobby but at the end of it everybody is seeking out the gun that can kill their past because they're all there to atone for their past. And it's just like, yeah, and then you you just have to like get to the end of it and just like find the gun that can kill your past. <laughs> it's really stupid, but it, it works like so well and they like lean into it in a really hilarious and weird way and there's like a ton of secrets and like optional bosses and stuff to fight. Man, I'm way into that stuff. It's a um, really good game. Yeah, my version of that, of course, is Spelunky. And right. uh, I put a ton of hours into that. And when the second one comes out, I'm going to put a ton of hours into that one. Uh, and I'm excited. Yeah, I really, like Splunky is the first one that got me into the kind of procedurally generated sure. uh, roguelike, roguelite yeah. stuff. That was the first one that I actually really heard of it doing anything. But The Binding of Isaac was the first one that actually like really grabbed me and put a ton of hours into that. But I've actually put more hours into Enter the Gungeon. Because mm-hmm. like, I just like how it feels. It's, it feels very tight and deliberate. Um the guns are all super neat and interesting. It's it's really fun. I, I like that a whole lot. Yeah, I like the I like the platforming of uh, Splunky. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm gonna pick a roguelike, it's gonna be that one because I just like the movement and the art style and the exploration and stuff, or exploration rather, not expiration. Though I guess its expiration date is soon since the second one will be coming out. But 
I digress. Uh, bullet hell games, I am really not into. Yeah, I no, find myself I, getting I didn't think so I was quickly going to be either. overwhelmed. Yeah, uh, but it's it's really cool. Um, I think if any, anybody listening wants a game that they can easily just sink a ton of hours into, especially on the Switch, like I feel like that's just the perfect platform for it. Totally. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, well, uh, if we happen to be hanging out anytime soon on a Wednesday. Uh, oh, I might check that game out. I mean, I'll play Enter the Gungeon for four hours and ignore hanging out with other people. I'm fine with that. Hey, I'm cool with watching. Great. Great. Cool. Uh, do you know what else sounds pretty cool? Uh, what? Taking a break. All right, let's do it. All right, cool. It. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll see you guys in a bit. Hey, friends. This is Cam, one of the hosts of the Gamer Heroes podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the show you're listening to right now. And if you are, please consider becoming a patron of the Heroes Podcast Network at patreon.com slash heroespodcasts. Your support would genuinely mean the world to us and would allow us to cover hosting costs for the website, get new equipment and software, and even make it out to different conventions and events to meet you, our loyal listeners. All Patreon tiers will get you access to the Patron Lounge and Slack, which will allow you to chat and interact with your favorite HPN hosts. On behalf of everyone here at HPN, thank you all so much for your continued support. We really couldn't do any of this without you. All right, hey, we're back. Uh, so a couple of really cool news things happened, uh, this past week. Uh, they did. The news never stops. It sure does not. It's a lot to keep up with, unfortunately. Uh, you can change your name on PlayStation now. Heck That's pretty neat. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you've been waiting for this for a little while. For so while. long. It's for so long. Even after I switched off of, uh, Xbox 360 and on to PlayStation, for the first time, I still picked my old tag, knowing I should not have picked my old tag. Why did you do that? Uh, because I just didn't want to change it. I don't know. But, uh, okay, sure. I, just, All right, I don't what, know why I kept it, but... Whatever makes you happy, I mean, Thomas. the thing is, I don't hate my name. So. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
it's it's Taponzors, right? It's like internet speak from yeah. I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie to you, I hate late it. Late <laughs> Well, shut up. So I don't hate it, but people all the time like, uh, what's your name? And I'm like, that's ah, internet. Let internet me. Speak. What's what's your name? Let me just add you. How about that? Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're like, your name's weird. Can I call you T? I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, just just whatever. Uh, but it kills me because like, when I made that, I was like, oh, this is like a run of the mill internet joke. Like this, it's not offensive. It's fairly understandable. A very old internet joke. Yeah, but also. I mean, common enough because, like, back sure. then, I mean, for me, I made it, you know, in the mid 2000s, like late ish. That, that checks out. 2000s. Yeah. Probably like 2007 or something. And uh, back then it was like, yeah, this is a normal thing that I wouldn't even need to explain to anybody. And then since then, I found like five people in my whole life who were like, oh, that's funny. I get that. <laughs> And, you know, everyone else is like, I don't understand what's your name. And I'm like, man, if I have to explain this, like, oh, this is terrible. But anyway, the point is, like, never expected my name to have, to cause so much confusion. Uh, so as time went by, I was like, I am tired of explaining this. It is not worth it. I, like, when people walk in, they're like, and who's, like, I'd be playing Overwatch. And they're like, and, uh, uh, and I, I, even if I didn't know that they were trying to call it a player, I was like, it, are you talking to me to pwn source? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what's up? I'm like, don't, don't, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> just, just call me Zenyatta, you know. Yeah, you know, whatever. just whatever I'm playing at the yeah. time, that's fine. Uh, but that happened all the time, and I'm annoyed by it. Uh, and I, when I made a Twitter handle ages ago, I don't even use Twitter, but my Twitter handle is Tegan, not Sarah. So my name's plug, Thomas. Plug, 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 yeah. plug, 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 plug. <laughs> yeah, plug for a, the handle I don't use. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my name's Thomas Egan. In high school, my nickname was Tegan because that's how you typed in your logins on the computer. Uh, Somebody yeah. called me that, and I was like, "Oh, I like that." All right, sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, I have a sister named Sarah, so Tegan, not Sarah, right? So I made that. I also in debate, same time I had the nickname, uh, went to districts or whatever. I was on a team with a girl named Sarah Thomas. So you could, I mean, we were their team, oh, t- team yeah. Thomas or Tegan and Sarah. And after that, I was like, okay, I do like I this nickname, that. and now I'm going to make a thing of it. So I made, you know, Tegan Not Sarah 1, because mm-hmm. somehow Tegan Not Sarah was taken. And uh, so I did that, and I wanted to make my uh, in-game name, my user ID or whatever, PlayStation at the time would have been my Xbox Gamer Tag. wanted to make it that, but uh, I couldn't change it, you know. I-, I can't remember what the situation was on 360, but one way or another, it didn't get changed. Yeah, I think I, on the 360, you could pay them like 10 bucks, and you could just change it to whatever you wanted. Which I probably... Or at least within the terms of service, it, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't been so bothered at that point with everybody stumbling over my name. Right. But now, like, when kids are like, what's your name mean? I'm like, oh, did, oh youngin, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going down this road with you. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm excited to be able to change it for free. Which is cool. Yeah, that is nice. Even if I had to pay $10, I, I've been waiting for this thing for so long. I think a lot of people would be willing to be like, yeah, just take my money I need out of this just hellhole I've been trapped in for years, the you know? The guy I used to play Halo super regularly with in college, his name, he made it in when he was 12, long before we met. Uh, his nick or his user ID was the Pie Master. And all right, it's just like you know. Oh yeah, it's a. That's I've a heard great worse that, that you were setting that up to be way worse than I thought. Oh no, it was no, there are be. much, much, much worse ones. But he is just one fish in the sea. Sure, of people are just like, yeah, it'd be cool to not be the pie master anymore. Right, right. Like <laughs> I kind of, like I kind of lucked else. out that I 
didn't actually get into the PSN ecosystem until like 2012 when I got a Vita. Mm-hmm. And like just thinking back, like the PlayStation 3 came out in like 2006 and I was like 13 and man, anything I thought of back then would just be haunting me right now. And like, I am genuinely over the moon for the people who are like trapped with those names that are finally free. Yeah. Because so the issue is, you know, you don't want to, I didn't want to make a new account even when I searched PlayStation because by that time I had already spent money on stuff that I played. I didn't want to lose the small amount of saves I had and blah, blah, blah. Well, certainly now I have way too much that I don't want to give up. Even, even if it's just my friends list. Sure. Like most of the games that I haven't played yet, I haven't even started. So I'm not that worried about my save files. Uh, but one of the issues that comes with switching your name, uh, known issues and critical issues, are uh, you can lose access to DLC. Oh, well, first and foremost, you can change your name on a PC, you know, on a computer and a browser, or on the PS4. Yes. But if you're on PS3 or Vita, no point. Yeah, it will, it will just not let you do that because they just haven't built that system for it. And they never will. It doesn't make sense for them to do that. that I mean, this is why it took so long to do it you know, since the dawn of time is because their infrastructure just wasn't ready for it. Sure. Like, I think the way that, that uh, at least from kind of what I had some friends who like work with databases all the time kind of explained to me is that they had like, you know how on Steam you can change your display name all the time, but you have your set ID. Mm-hmm. They had that set ID, like your, I think it would, they call it like the primary key or the like the primary, like your, your identifying tag in that system. They had that set to be whatever your, username was or like your display name was mm-hmm. which is unlike what you should do with anything so like you couldn't right. change that because everything read off of that in order to just operate at all yeah which includes licenses right or uh, like save games trophies mm-hmm. uh anything you've purchased like any like in-game currency could potentially be yeah fine. so some of the issues are like oh if you're online in certain games your old id might show up instead of your new one and that's not that big of a deal sure but the other ones are like uh one of the critical ones was Onrush. Yeah, that's a bummer. I love Onrush. But I mean, I also am happy with my name, so it doesn't affect me. But like, mm-hmm. there's there are dozens of us who out there who just are <laughs> absolutely love Onrush. You know? Right, right. And like, that that sucks. That game's fun, you know? Uh, but, yeah, that does suck. And you were telling me before the show that that's the reason that is going to not be fixed is because that studio. Right, that isn't studio is just kind of a shell of what it was when that game launched because they just got, all got laid off. Because that game did not meet expectations, unfortunately. That game's fun as hell. You should fucking play on Rush. But it's pretty cool. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, so that stuff, that's a bummer, but the the list of games with critical issues is not that big. Yeah, it was like maybe 10, 12 games. Oh, not even that. It yeah. might have been nine. Yeah. Um, which I, was, I thought that list was going to be much longer. Yeah, and I also thought, like, the stuff on the critical list, I don't think were that high profile. No, uh, the only one I had any opinion on at all was uh, was on Rush. I yeah, think, I think there, Little Big Planet like a... 3 was on there also. Yes. Which is a bummer, but with everything being tied to, like, that online ecosystem, I can understand why that would just have some fundamental issues with that. Uh, so that list isn't very long, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. The known issues list is also not as long as I expected it to yeah, be, it, but it, there's more stuff. I... There I are really three wish Naruto they would, games I, in there, so yeah, watch out, Naruto out. fans. I, I really wish that they kind of went into detail for like what those issues were, because like I saw Bloodborne was on there, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that would just be like the online bit or like you just have to start your game over. Like I know like some of those games are probably just going to be like, hey, the multiplayer thing's going to work, but like a lot of people don't play Last of Us for the multiplayer because the Last of Us remastered is also on there, you know. Yeah, and that multiplayer janky. 
quite it, it's, it's kind of janky. It's fun, fun but, but it janky. is janky. Yeah. But I like in some of those are just like, hey, you just have to start your game over. And like almost everything on that list, if I do want to go back and play some of those games, are things that I would just want to start over with anyway. Right. And it's not like they're flipping a switch where you're like, oh, you have to change right now. Sure. So you can look at that list and be like, oh, I need to finish The Last of Us before I make this name change. Yeah. So um, even that stuff is not that big of a deal. They did say, I think every game going forward that came out for the PS4 would support this. Uh, I think there was a little bit of backpedaling. Uh, with some people reporting an issue on a game that like just came out, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think that stuff is probably just going to be addressed as it comes out. It's, I, I think they're doing the right move here. I'm really happy to see them trying to like just do everything they can. Not necessarily everything they can, but they're like putting an honest effort forward and giving an option for people about like, hey, you know, you guys want this feature, so we're going to give it to you. Here are the issues with it, just so you know. Like mm-hmm. I looked at the like process for changing your name and it like tells you warnings all the time and sure some people are going to miss that but i think they are doing a pretty good job of communicating you can do this you're going to have some problems right just so you know yeah so if this if you're like me and you are going to change this look up the games list so you can at least know what you're getting into and as time goes by that stuff's going to be more widely and accurately reported sure so if you see a game on that list and you want to know exactly what's up um i'm sure even i I even le- even by the time that you're hearing this episode. Yeah, I, I would imagine there's like uh, maybe like a subreddit or somewhere just like going through and like cataloging. This is what the problem is with this game and stuff like that. I know there have been some people that got a name change just so they could figure that stuff out, which I think is That's a pretty cool. Thing. Yeah. You know, but. So uh, you will not have an issue if you play any game that was made after April 1st, April Fool's, yeah. of uh, last year. Yes, last of year. Of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anything made after that is already built in, has infrastructure to accommodate this. Anything yes. before then, you're going to want to check it out. So, you know, even games like, uh, I think, I want to say Tekken was on there, but I'm not sure. But, you know, games like Tekken and Street Fighter are still being played, but they've been around for like four years now. Sure. Uh, but yeah, go look up that list. If if you're like me, I bet you're super excited because, man, I am ready. I'm ready. I, I'm happy that finally Sony has created the gun to kill my past. <laughs> Cool callback, dude. Hey, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's really exciting. I'm I'm really happy that they're doing that. Um, guess what else happened what? this past week? Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, Respawn showed off uh, no gameplay, but a pretty sick trailer and talked about a little bit for uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is their single player only game that they're making as part with the Star Wars license as part of like EA. Uh, it I gotta looks say, when this first pretty cool first dropped, I didn't watch the trailer because in my head. I don't know why, but I thought this was part of the Old Republic, uh, like the online, the MMO. Yeah. Just because of the way the visuals looked in the thumbnail I saw, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch that later. <laughs> Did not realize, totally different thing, and it also got uh, swept up in like the, there's so much Star Wars news right now. Right, because Celebration's happening, mm-hmm. or has happened, I don't know if it's over yet, I think it might be, I think it was just this past weekend. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, takes place... In between episodes three and four of Star Wars, if you're familiar with it, that uh, budding indie, fr- indie franchise that's won over everyone's hearts, you know. Um, <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, same. Uh, but it takes place basically after, like, all the Jedi are, like, starting to get killed off. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Just full transparency. I think it's fine. I don't really love or hate it, but I, I think it's fine. I'm happy that people are really into, like, Star Wars and everything, you know. Yeah, Star Wars to me is like Game of Thrones, which just started up. Also, yesterday yeah. as of recording and uh 
I kind of fell off that bandwagon for my own reasons that I'm not really going to get into. But uh, I like that people get excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that people are excited about things and like my friends yeah. are enjoying things. I just like just, seeing people just makes get me feel hyped. good, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Just feel good. Uh, it's funny. I I crack jokes that sometimes like if there are two ways for my girlfriend and I to approach something, like two different ways to enjoy something, we will find those two different ways that are somehow juxtaposed against each other. So like I saw a friend of mine post like his theory of here's what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. In season, I think, eight. I think that's what we're on. Sure. Somebody's yeah, going to tear know. me apart for that. Uh, but I thought that was cool. So I didn't watch any of the seventh season, but I pretty much know what happened for the most part. Uh, he posted this thing, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I kind of like reading this stuff. It's, yeah. Uh, like, I'm still probably not going to watch the show, but I kind of like looking at the speculation sure. and all this. Yeah. Uh, especially since, you know, the books are behind, right? So nobody knows the answer. So it's it's not just like the answers aren't just out there. And some people do or do not know them. So I sent that to my girlfriend. I was like, oh, isn't this cool? And she's like, oh, no, I'm avoiding everything. I don't want any speculation. <laughs> I just want to watch the show. And I'm like, oh, man, that's the one thing I was going to be into. Yeah. Uh, but uh, likewise, that's interesting with Star Wars after they reset all the canon stuff. Like when the uh, – which one was it? When they're star- trying to steal the plans for the Death Star. That's Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. I like that movie. Uh, it was basically D&D – in Star Wars. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. It straight up was. It was like, you've got your classes. I mean, it was like it was like a video game mm. uh, where you've got your distinct ar- archetypes, right? You've got your scoundrel. You've got your robot. You've got your blind Jedi. Uh, you've got all that good stuff. And then they all had their story arcs. Like, really, the whole time I was watching that movie, I was like, this is a cool role-playing game <laughs> that I'm watching right now. Uh, but when they did that, of course, they erased so much of the fiction which I didn't have a strong opinion on because I didn't read any of the books and most of that stuff didn't matter to me. But it opened, it, it was a fresh start for a lot of people, which I was interested in, which I am interested in, because now speculation has less to do with, you know, on one side, I'm the person who's read all the books and I know all this secret backstory. And like, you know, it. I feel that stifles conversation or certainly did when I used to talk about Star Wars a lot. Where I'd be like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if such and such? And my friend would come along and push up his glasses. And he'd be like, oh, that's like in the one Star Wars book where this thing happened. And I'm like, cool, man. Like, <laughs> I like I appreciate that you're trying to enlighten me and that you also enjoyed that book the way that I enjoyed Star Wars. But I'm more interested in the speculation than the actual like sure. recounting of a story sure. that already happened. And that's definitely a unique approach to take with stories. Because like... I almost like the story that isn't told more than the story that is told. And just in general, I like that stuff. You know, that's the imagination part that goes into any fiction. Sure. Uh, and sometimes even nonfiction. So for this one, uh, the Jedi Fallen Order game. Right. I guess we should yeah. talk about the actual <laughs> game. Um, they, it, it seems to be a, it, it looks like a, just a Star Wars ass Star Wars story. You know, um, it's just, you're a Jedi who is like kind of like in hiding after like the Sith or, whoever i don't order 66 exactly like that is like mentioned in the trailer like that that point it's basically when was the last time you watched uh revenge of the sith oh man uh it's probably like a couple years ago because it was like on on my it was more than a couple years ago but it was like on on my grandma's tv on thanksgiving and we just didn't want to change the channel oh man so we were just like eh, whatever it'll work dude my family on thanksgiving if there's even like 
kung fu. If there's anything above <laughs> kung fu on the TV, they're like, oh, we gotta turn this off. We it's 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 family time. And I'm like, man, there was one time my dad and I, we it was Christmas, and we were we had TV on, and we were both interested in what we was watching. Well, it was Contagion, the movie oh, where really? the whole world gets infected and yeah. dies. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and we were loving it, and yeah. my mom was like, uh. No, ha- you have to turn happy this holidays, off. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> right. Like, you have to turn this off right now. Uh, but yeah, so um, that actually does sound like a good uh, Yeah, it, it, it seems like a really cool idea to kind of explore, uh, especially since it's going to be single player. So you're basically just this like Padawan who suddenly has like no training or anything. Like you're just thrown into like, you need to hide. They are coming to kill you. And I guess you eventually get like, found out because you like used your force powers at some point and then they find you and then it's basically just from what i understand like kind of that character's story of just kind of running and hiding and trying to like just survive as long as he can and just like get through and all of that stuff it seems really cool um i, I like that it's just i like that it's star wars that's cool yeah i really like that it's respawn same that was that was my next thing like i don't i'm, I'm not really a big star wars fan but like you had me at respawn and single player game because yeah. I know I keep talking about it on this fucking show, but Titanfall two single player was oh no. so good. I saw Titanfall two has issues with the name change. I did I'm too. It, it might just be the online stuff. I'm it, hoping. Uh, but yeah, but I want to play the online stuff. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Man. have you fired it up at all yet? No. You might be fine then. I might be fine. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, we'll sure. see. Anyway, but anyway, I did see that on that list. So. Um. But yeah, like that that single player was just super fun and engaging and interesting the whole way through. And it didn't necessarily tell like a groundbreaking, like super deep story. Like it was essentially just a boy and his robot. But they should have named it that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, like it was fun to play. There's a scene in the trailer that every time I see it just gets me fucking amped for like you just see like your main character in, in that Star Jedi where, yeah in the Star Wars one where he's just like wall running and then he like force pulls himself onto a ledge and it's like fuck yes yeah that's really let's cool. go uh, living that wall run oh life god I, I need it uh, yeah as soon as I saw that I was like oh yeah this is respawn <laughs> yeah they know they oh, know what their customers are it was, their, uh, it, was it was like, real good it, it did a lot for me uh, but yeah it, it seems really cool they said that the combat is going to be like very kind of deliberate and focused um, I've heard some people online kind of trying to describe it as, like, Souls-like, but not necessarily in difficulty, but more in, like, how your attacks kind of carry weight and have that kind mm-hmm. of deliberate feel to them, which I'm, I'm super into. I think you can do some really cool stuff with a melee-focused uh, Star Wars game, for sure. Yeah, I always, in uh, Nice Old Republic and, and any other Star Wars game, I always liked it that the vibroblades existed, mm-hmm. uh, where it was basically like a sword, except you could actually hit a lightsaber with it. Yeah. So like that was the whole shtick of it. So I like that because then normal people could actually fight a Jedi and you know potentially beat them. And so it, it moved the Jedi from being this invincible, totally untouchable, like can't sure. shoot them, sure. can't beat them unless you're another Jedi. Right. They look at you and just like push their hands towards you and you're on the ground and then you're dead, you know. Right. GG. Yeah, essentially. Uh, so I, I always was fascinated with that. The, those and then you'd always see the droids and stuff with those. And you see them in the trailer, the double-sided like spear that has the electricity right. on it. Right. And stuff. Yeah. And I think they called those uh, purge troopers, which is a cool fucking name. Um, they're like cool name. troopers that are essentially designed and like kind of quote bred and trained to fight Jedi and like bring them in and just kill them, mm-hmm. which sounds fucking cool. Honestly, uh, I'm very excited for it. I know people were 
a little bummed that we didn't get any sort of like gameplay or anything, but I don't, I didn't go into that expecting that we were going to. I didn't even know it was going to be announced. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what it was till I saw the trailer. I did just because I'm just like, oh shit, Vince and Pella's tweeting again. Let's see what he's up to, you know, <laughs> but I, I was, I was really excited uh, just to see that trailer. It looks and f- has the feel of like a Star Wars trailer. Mm-hmm. Which I think is cool. It's yeah, they're applying that kind of feel. same. It feels like they are putting the same kind of love and care into that as they are with the movies. Yeah, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. And I might not be a big fan, but I feel like just that much appreciation and love and respect is going to shine through in it. From what little I've seen so far, obviously it could turn out to be trash. I don't think it's going to, but I mean the possibility still remains. You know, right? Uh, I like that the trailer focused on the character. Same. And Same. Uh, kind of like, you know, similar to the combat you're describing, it's like one-on-one, one-on-one combat and not like Force Unleashed where it's like you versus six stormtroopers. Sure, yeah. Uh, it, you know, I, I like this, but I like that they focused on the main character instead of being your traditional Star Wars story of, he's the good guy. Oh, look, there's the spooky bad guy clad in cloaks. You got to defeat him somehow. You know, instead, like they didn't show a big bad. I mean, they showed him being pursued. Yeah, and I feel like just people's history with, like, I feel like people's history with Star Wars is just going to be like, yeah, we understand the big bad is what is turning into the Empire at this point, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, they don't really need to spend time going over that and can just kind of take that time just talking about and, like, telling this, like, very almost personal, like, smaller scale story, which I'm way more interested in. Yeah, I I liked, uh, the parts I liked about the first Force Unleashed that stuck with me were all like, oh, this is just a kid. This is just a dude. Right. And he got wrapped up in all this crazy stuff, more or less. Uh, and I, I really like that. Never played the second one, can't speak to it, but I really did like the f- uh, story of the first Force Unleashed and I, like, my only, my only qualm with it was maybe he was a little too strong. <laughs> in know, the Force Unleashed? Yeah, he straight up pulls a, a Star Destroyer out of the sky. Yeah, you know. Because, like, technically jo- uh, Yoda said that size doesn't matter. So I mean, he, he did the thing. He did spend some time in Soul Calibur. So, that's you know, true. That's and that true. was before that game came out. So maybe, you know, he just, I don't know where I'm going with this. Did I, that really I, come out before? Yeah, it did. Like, Soul that Calibur. was like technically his video game debut was Soul Calibur 4. Lol. Yeah, and I have some fucking problems with that, but that's completely that's different. That's funny. But what if people, what if there was a game, what if there's like a Smash Bros. kind of game that did that where it released... It was just like think, characters that aren't out yet. Yeah, like you think them to be <laughs> random characters. Like what if what if Disney, you know, Disney uh Infinite, wasn't that gonna be like a Skylanders thing? It it was. Uh they eventually canceled it. What if they Left did that, except, you know, they made just another uh universe, right? Where you think these are all random just characters that are just for this game, and then it turns out that like every single one is an IP that is going to be used in God, its own thing. That would thing. be hilarious. That'd be crazy, but that's something that would only be possible with like a giant like Disney or sure. something like or that. Or like people who have like the ability to just spin new IP out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, Which a huge budget. Pretty much would just be Disney at this point. Right. <laughs> so uh yeah, so that's the whole thing, but um yeah, that's that's weird. I know yeah. I sure never knew about that. Uh but yeah, so game looks cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Trailer, out, trailer looks cool. Yeah, it anyway. comes out November 15th, which is pretty cool. Year. They did say yeah. it was coming out this fall, which is kind of neat. Um, there's been some reports like going around as of today, as of recording, saying like, hey, yeah, we stopped working on another game we were working on in order to 
uh, like work on Jedi Fallen Order. I don't think that was Titanfall 3, just because they've also been very vocal about, yeah, like what we were working on with Titanfall 3 just turned into Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I, I think that's fine. Like, I am of the mind, like, I obviously want another Titanfall game desperately if you have not listened to the show <laughs> right. if you have you're probably tired of me talking about it but i think that letting them just kind of do stuff on their own time is and like do what they want to do and what they want to work on like they wanted to work on this star wars game and it's really cool to see them get that opportunity totally I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of this um, i'm also- excited that the release window from announcement as far as i know mm-hmm. to uh release is like six months months sure ish. yeah well they like quote announced it but this is like the first any sort of details that we're getting yeah. for it i just you know how i feel about sure you know a release trailer and then sure. it's like oh it's coming out who knows sure um another interesting thing to note for it is it is in the unreal engine and not frostbite okay so uh respawn as it seems right now just with all the things going on with like bioware and a bunch of other ea studios right now are kind of the only ones that aren't being forced to use Frostbite, which is interesting. Yeah, which I guess... And I think it's working out well for them. For sure. And it's illustrative of, or illustrative, of the fact that EA is really giving Respawn a nice long leash. Which which they said they were doing, but it's one thing to say that. Sure. It's nice to see that there's like some concrete evidence of, we're going to let Respawn do what they want. And I don't know if like that was part of the deals of their acquisition or if Vince Zampella is just in like the exec room, just screaming at people, both of which I think are great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's just going to be really great. And I'm excited to see kind of where they go in the future, not just with this cool new star Wars game, but just yeah. beyond that. The, the whole direction. I mean, of course I, I really like apex and, and even though I've barely touched any Titanfall at all, uh, I have good sentiment towards them. I mean, I did even for apex just because people are way into into what they're they're making right um something i i just am excited for respawn now because like i said we can actually see that ea is sticking to their word and letting them run the show you know and and keep providing them support but not uh you know having a chokehold on their creative freedom sure because that stuff i mean you can see well, we've seen time and time again how that goes but just because we're seeing this stuff now uh, it's not like EA made this decision to give them creative freedom yesterday, right? So, like, while stuff has been going on in the background, on one hand, you've got, like, Blizzard, uh, Bungie, Activision splitting up, right? Because they just couldn't figure out how to work together and be happy. But now you've got Respawn and EA. And, of course, this stuff's been going on for a while. It's been behind the scenes. Sure. But, you know, in the same three-ish months, we've seen a split between Bungie and Activision but Respawn and EA seem to be doing just fine. Sure, and I, I, I do think that is entirely just because they're. I mean, just... look at the MOs for both of those. Sure, those situations. Sure, you've you've got you've got a creator who's either able to do their own thing or not. And I think a lot of that just comes down to that. Like Vince is like Vince is he's the head of Respawn. He is incredibly experienced with that type of situation. Like they famously left infinity ward after modern warfare 2 because they could not deal with like working under the pressure of activision and like they just formed their own studio and put out titanfall like he understands when shit is going to go bad with stuff like that and he knows i think he is really good at just navigating all that stuff and looking out for his team and like what they want to do and i think that's incredibly important totally uh yeah video yeah. games video games so uh i'm excited for that i'm looking forward to uh a gameplay something yeah i imagine that'll probably come around e3 or whatever their their ea play event which 
I'm interested to see what kind of shape that takes this year. Yeah. Uh, I knew the, the last little thing there, uh, when you had mentioned that it has like designated single, like basically one-on-one combat, mm-hmm. uh, that had reminded me of Fury, which is the game that right. came out a little, a while ago, at least a it's, couple it's, years ago. It's now. been a few years. It's probably been like four years. I lose track of times now with uh, release dates. I'm like, that was two years ago, right? And it's like 2014. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> really lost track of time there. Uh, but that game came out. It was a cool game for a bunch of reasons, but it was always one-on-one combat. It's like you versus a boss pretty much at all times and you go through like phases and stuff. Uh, but I felt like as I was playing that, that I don't play a lot of games that make me feel good the way that game did. Given I didn't stick with it, I could go back and play it. I've still got my save file. Uh, but I just liked that each encounter was unique. Like you, you were at the beginning of the game, especially always learning new abilities and stuff. But you were constantly, it was constantly like, You've got you, your toolkit, and you've got to figure out how you're going to get out of this. And uh, same with like the story of the Star Wars trailer. It's less of like, ooh, find the big bad and kill him. It's just like, all right, like in Fury, you are trapped in a prison and you have to right. escape somehow. And so you just fight bosses on your way out. And if you lose in the lore of the game, you get kicked back to the prison again. And it kind of resets and everybody knows it's like, huh, you're going to try again? And you do it all over again. Uh, but I'd be interested if it's something similar like that or similar to that in Star Wars where the idea is each time you have an encounter, it's a pretty unique enemy and you've just got to figure out how to really beat this guy one-on-one because you're like the one Jedi practically. Yeah. Like in that era of Star Wars, the Jedi have pretty much been wiped out. There's some here and there in the galaxy. But if the idea is that it looks like your character doesn't ever use the Force, so you're probably not going to be very good at it, but when you have to fight, you're going to have to figure it out because you're untrained and all this stuff. So, like, the way that the lore and the gameplay line up, I hope that it really makes it feel good, like you're growing as a character. Yeah, I, I really hope they kind of pull off that, basically just make, like, the narrative line up with, like, your gameplay progression. I, I completely agree. I think that'd be yeah, cause pretty cool. In a world where everybody knows what the Jedi are and they're super powerful, it's hard to make... A, sure. a Jedi game where you're just not either the Emperor or Luke Skywalker. Right. So to speak. Right. You know? And yeah, uh, so I'm excited for that. It's it's interesting how they found a way to use this new territory between 3 and 4 where they put Rogue One and fill it with new stuff. Sure. Uh, not that that wasn't happening before, but when they cleaned house, you know, when they cleaned the slate, I'm glad that they're using this opportunity to tell new stories that look Interesting. Sure. Yeah, like even uh, even though it didn't kind of pan out as well as we had hoped, but the Battlefront 2 story took place between episodes 6 and 7. And I think that's super interesting. Just like being a, like boots on the ground of like the bad guys and like seeing like just kind of that transition from whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that looks great. And I'm, I'm excited to see more of that and honestly just check that out. I, Respawn has my faith at this point um they have not done me wrong yet so yeah i'm in for whatever they bring to the table yeah for sure well uh that's gonna do it for the show this week thanks for stopping by everyone uh if you like what you heard uh, yeah i will try that again uh if you like what you heard uh consider kicking us a buck or 12 at patreon.com slash heroes podcasts uh that'll help keep the show and network grow and we can do cooler stuff with that it'll help make it better it'll help do gooder we are gonna talk so many good words we're gonna 
add maybe word word one or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I mention that I'm tired? Uh, no. Okay, great. Let's take it from the top. Uh, if you can't contribute uh, financially, then sharing the show with a friend or rating or reviewing us or even just like commenting on anything that you your podcast platform will allow, that helps out the show a lot. Um, if you have any questions for us or want to tell us just how much you love our voices, even whenever we can't uh, fucking read my outro script correctly, uh, hit us up on Twitter at GamerHeroesPod and your submissions or questions or anything like that might make the show. Uh, you can find my tweets at the Man on Twitter, or you can keep up with what us GGKC folk are up to at gg underscore Kansas underscore city or gg-kc.com, or just coming out in our Facebook group. Uh, you can just search for Looking for Geeks GGKC. We also have a Discord server. Uh, it seems pretty active. People in there seem pretty cool, so uh, be sure to drop by and hang out. Uh, hang out with us. Killing it. I'm, and, uh, I am murdering this this read oh right man. now. Murdered. <laughs> Uh, also, the Looking for Geeks Facebook group, I'm rolling out new tools for actually grouping up. So if you're looking for people to play or discuss games with, uh, because I play Hearthstone and I play Apex, I'm rolling those out first. But if you are interested in any game, uh, The Division, for example, uh, and you use Facebook regularly, uh, hit us up there. We also have our, like you said, our Discord is active and I know a bunch of people in there play Discord, <laughs> no, play Division. But I don't care for Discord. So if you're like me, um, you've got Facebook as an option. But the point is that we have a lot of ways to connect. We absolutely do. And uh, the people who are active in there seem to really enjoy it. And it's, uh, it's a good time. Yeah. I, I like talking to other people. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so for Thomas and myself, I've already messed up this promo. So I'm just going to end the show right now. So <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 